then great yeah hello everyone and welcome to raising remarkable teenagers uh, podcast and video episode i am so so excited and today i have another beautiful beautiful guest lori and lori is going to speak to us about uh, something that's very very powerful a modality that's very very powerful yet so much um misunderstood and this is on hypnosis i encourage you all to stick on stick with it and just learn because remember we what we say here it's in learning that we are able to improve ourselves and be able to practice these uh, these modalities or these behaviors so that we can not only change ourselves but be the change that we want our young people to be and also be able to influence them by the quality of our example i'm so so excited again here at raising remarkable teenagers you know everything that we bring on here is to help you and to help myself and to help everyone that you speak to because again i encourage you to share this information everyone that comes across this message to raise highly effective teenagers we just want these our young people to be highly effective and they cannot do that unless they have the right information so again thank you so much lori for being here and welcome thank you angela hi i like to say that i'm a i'm a proud survivor of three teenagers oh <laughs> Oh, we've they, got a lot they, to learn from you then. <laughs> well, they are uh, they all emerged into wonderful young adults, but they did emerge and um <clears throat> I appreciate your having me on because I love to talk and educate people about uh about hypnosis and kind of dispel myths because yes. you know, hypnosis is a natural ability of our brain and it's not like I'm going to sit here and wave something and have you turn into quacking like a duck or anything like that. Um because I consider myself more to be um an educator of teaching someone and I work with children as young as 5 up to, you know, teens, adults. I consider myself to be an educator who teaches people about a part of their brain that they don't even know they they have that that's tappable. and you know you and i right now are in our conscious state so we're talking and you know that little mind chatters going i'm thinking you know i love her her logo and angela's a beautiful woman and i'm glad to be here and how, what time is it like all that mental chatter that goes on upstairs yeah but the other part of our brain doesn't have that mental chatter it just it's our memories it's things we associate with it's experiences that kind of make us who we are today. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I get into that, I want to give you a little background about how I I walked into this field. I've been practicing for 15 years. Wow. And um I live in Marietta, Georgia outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And I was a school counselor by training. Aha. Uh-huh. And I worked with elementary children and then I met my husband and got whisked away ah! and uh, moved to uh you know Georgia who did not 
give me certification. So I had to go into a different field. And so I did, you know, I did training for the state with early childcare. And one day I, I took a wrong turn and it said Atlanta National Hypnosis Institute. And that piqued my interest because when I was in college, I recalled participating in a biofeedback experiment and the guy who I recall was very cute. Yeah. He put electrodes on my head. Yeah. And he said, Lori, I'm going to teach you how to slow your brain down. So if you ever get nervous or, um, you know, angry or anything like that, you can actually learn how to calm yourself down with your thoughts. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And so he told me to imagine a place that I love. And that for me, that's the ocean. That's the ocean laying on the sand under the sun, hearing the surf, hearing the waves, mm-hmm. hearing the seagulls. And so after about two minutes, he, he had to kind of shake me and bring me out because I got really deep because I can really imagine that place and put myself there. Yeah. So that kind of intrigued me about the brain as an organ and, and what you can do. Mm. So anyway, I. I took a wrong turn on this road, not that life brings us any wrong turns. And I studied for three years and I wanted to work with children and teens. So I've had additional training with a a pediatrician up at Rochester, New York, who's on staff uh, with a medical college in New York. Um, So what I have learned from my work is that whatever we believe that's our reality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and most of the time when we when we have beliefs let's talk about teenagers for example yes when a a teenager you know believes that they're not popular or 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 they don't have confidence Mm -hmm. or even, even that they're not a good student that's that's just their reality because that's the way we think. Yes. And and basically hypnosis is the study of suggestibility. And this is what I want to tell your parents because hypnosis is the study of how we learn, how we take in ideas and how suggestions um, formulate and move us, move us into our actions and our beliefs. Yes. And I wish that I knew what I know now, um, as we all do. Yes. Um, because I made every mistake in the book with my my firstborn, my son, who probably should have been on, uh, you know, um, ADHD, attention deficit disorder medication. Uh-huh. Um, he probably should have been on it, and but I was, you know, I did not believe in medicine. Oh. Okay. I did not not believe in it. Hmm. And, um, you know, he was labeled oppositional defiant Hmm. personality. And to me, I knew he had a strong will, but, you know, I just, I just take labels with a grain of salt. Um, But what I used to tell my son when, from the time he was five years old, I would say things to him like, you need to pay attention. You don't pay attention. Pay attention. You don't pay attention. 
And I've said so many times to him, you don't pay attention. Okay, so that's a suggestion. That's a little message unit that goes in the brain. And I said it over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And a young child doesn't have the ability to say, oh, that means that I should pay attention. Yeah. They just take our words and hear it for what it is. I don't pay attention. So that became part of his identity. Absolutely. So, you know, um, instead, I should have said, you are getting so much better at paying attention. Even if he wasn't quite there, I should have said, "You're, you're getting so much better at paying attention. And I cannot emphasize how much a positive is so much more powerful than a negative. Um, I teach writing, I teach creative writing, and I work with young children second to fifth grade. Mm. And they tell me things, they share with me. I give them a very open space to be honest. I ask their opinions. I tell them that it's fine. They can tell me really what they think. And I tell you, criticism just really does not work well with children. Right. While you're at that, I just want to say to you that research after research, we continue to find that criticizing actually shuts their brain and it hampers development. Hmm. And that comes back to also negative words that we say to them. And you, a minute ago, you talked about the subconscious mind and how it just, it's like dropping something into the, into the ground. If you drop, if you drop a seed into the ground, what does, what happens? It grows, isn't it? So the things that we say, and it's something I'm very big at about what vibes, what words are you saying to your young person or around the young person? Because they internalize that and make it them. Amen. Mm. Amen. Mm. And I'm not familiar with the research that you're talking about, but a hundred percent agree. I am supporting you with that because there is research that backs you again and again and again. On this forum, we share, we share personal stories, we share uh, expert stories and we also share research so that it's a very balanced so that people don't oh it was just research we, we don't we, we don't want just the statistics it's not just the statistics there's also real life we've got uh, those stories we've got experts we've got parents that come here in Sanders and all this is just really trying to put all the pieces together so that we can support parents to, to really do their best in raising their young people. And what you're saying, I'm just adding on to it, saying there is research upon research showing the power of words. Well, and a lot of times we parent the way we were parented. So if we were heavily criticized, that's what we know. That's right. And, and when you can recognize that and break that and break that cycle, mm. um, it's very, very powerful. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. No, no, actually, now that you've said that, that is another thing. We we call it uh, generational modeling, right? In, in psychology, we call it generational modeling. So what happens is, unbeknownst mm-hmm. to us, we picked up habits, good, bad, and ugly, mm-hmm. and we normalize them, and we think they are okay, and then we pass them on to our young people, right? And some of it is quite damning and it's quite damaging. And especially when we are parenting our kids in this age, in this time and age, some of the parenting um, tactics that were we were brought up with, they're just not, they don't work. They're just not conducive for, for the current environment, right? Correct. And, and and I want you I want you to speak to I want you to tell us how parents can change can change from that. I mean, for example, a lot of us, in fact, so many parents come to me and and when they explain their parenting, how they were parenting, you can feel there was a lot of abuse, but some of them don't even recognize it and they think it's okay. Right. And they say, I'm okay, I'm, I'm fine, I turned out okay. No, you're not okay, because what you're passing on to your young person, the kid is having mental health problems because of you thinking that you're okay with what. So we need to change that. And that's why I was so excited when, when you talked about hypnosis, because I know it is one of the ways that we can shift the way we think and the way we act and hence how we behave and also parents, especially our young people. Yeah, so I'd like you to speak to us about how we can use hypnosis to do that change, to make that change. Sure. Well, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about being open-minded. And the the first thing that we have to do is be open-minded. The first thing that we have to do is be willing to say to ourselves, maybe my approaches aren't the best. And so you just have to give yourself a little bit of an opening, open the door and consider that first. Because then once you do that, you will be open to the kind of things that that I say and the kind of things that, that you say. Absolutely, and when you say that, because it's very hard for, for parents and, and, and all of us really to make changes. But what I say is, give it, give it a test, you know? Don't, don't negate anything, don't reject anything without, without, without proof. Test it for yourself, test it for yourself. And if you test it and you see it doesn't work, then you can then say that from experience, it doesn't work. But don't just reject it without backing. That's not that that doesn't help with growth. If we are willing to grow, if we are go- willing to go to the next level, we must be willing to grow to the next level. And growing takes it, it takes, like you said, just open the door a little bit. I mean, it's uncomfortable to just open it, uh, hugely open it, but just just. Give, give it, give it just a little, little gap and see and test it, test it, keep testing it. Yeah, carry on. Yes, 
just take a baby foot, just take a little step in by giving your, giving your child a, a compliment. Um, because sometimes, again, you know, compliments, and I'm not saying that teenagers aren't difficult, and I'm not saying that teenagers don't pull our chains, and I'm not saying that teenagers are not maddening, and I'm not saying that teenagers just test every ounce of cell that we have to, to be in control. Yeah. So if you've, if you've been there, you, you know that teenage animal. It takes so much discipline and willpower to be, to be the calm one yes. when this hormonal teenager starts to rage. Absolutely. But if, if, you can, if you can remove your own emotion, mm-hmm. actually a very good way to bring that down is to take a couple slow, very, very slow deep breaths and you know, breathe in through your nose. And I know everyone is always told that it's okay, take a slow breath. But the science behind that is because when we get angry, our, you know, our muscles get tight and our heart starts beating fast because we activate that fight or flight in our brain and our brain thinks we're in danger. That's and right. so the brain is trying just to get us to calm down or, or it's not getting us to calm down. It thinks it's in danger. So it's giving us tools to run that's right. By, you know, getting our breath rapid and getting our muscles tight so we can run. Mm-hmm. And so when you slow your breath down, and I mean really, really slow, like. I mean, really slow. It's a practice. It it just triggers. It's a it's a chemical trigger trigger to the brain that you're safe. Absolutely. And, and so all of that tightness and everything just kind of starts diffusing and, you know, you, you're, the parent can, can remain in control and you can just simply turn your back if you bubble and you're just, you know, and just turn your back and take a couple slow, you know, a, a slow, um, a slow breaths in. I will, I want to share with you some things that parents can actually do to learn a little bit more about self-hypnosis because all hypnosis no one can be hypnotized against their will Mm. and hypnosis the way to enter that state that consciousness is to become in a really um relaxed very physically relaxed place um and and then once you get into that really comfort it's kind of like right before you fall asleep you know your body feels heavy and your mind is clear and you're just kind of floaty. So that's kind of the state that you're in. But once you do that, your imagination is able to, um, your imagination is, is able to see things and, and the way that you want them. And that's really the way that I work with, with, with kids and teens, you know, and adults. Um, I've worked with a lot of kids who got yelled at a, at a uh, yelled by a a sports coach or who have injuries and they don't want to get back into the, you know, the the sports arena and the parents are insistent that they get back into the sports arena Mm -hmm. and they've been yelled at, they've been demoralized Mm -hmm. by an adult figure, Mm -hmm. you know, that I've had kids that have had injuries. They don't want to get back into it. 
I've had I've had children who are very angry about divorce and they're you know they're acting out because they're just very angry. Yeah. And what I what I like to tell them is that you can learn a part of your brain how to use a part of your brain that is going to help really de-escalate and take that anger away and bring you back your confidence and you know and everything like that and for parents what I want to say is the the best time to make suggestions positive suggestions to your children is at night when they're in bed and I know you know teenagers we don't necessarily tuck our children in bed like we do our, our little ones but you know when you're when your child is in bed that's the best time because you're kind of before you fall asleep your brain is just very open to suggestions and so if they're worried now I don't know how it is where you live but you know America has just become such a tightly wound anxiety box around school performance mm. there's so much there's so much pressure put on children as young as second grade to yes. test, do well. Perform, perform, you know? We've turned, we've turned our kids into human doings instead yeah. of human beings. And I don't think that parents necessarily understand the tremendous amount of pressure that especially teenagers have with phones and messages. You see, in hypnosis, we look at everything as a message unit. Yes and everything is a little message unit and earlier you were talking about you know when you're born and the things that are said to us and they go in right and we, we are a sum of all those little you know message units mm -hmm. and some days as adults when you're overloaded because there's a lot of drama happening mm -hmm. or you've got decisions you've got you've got basically messages come from four areas absolutely Mm -hmm. They they come from your family, all the personalities in your family. Yeah. They they come from if you work, they come from your workplace or your friends. Yeah. And they come from your computer, your tablet, your phone. That's a whole array of messaging, especially for children. Yes. And teenagers. And then lastly, your body gives you messages. Uh -huh. And so the most important way to clear out all that messaging so that you can wake up in the morning feeling clear is to sleep That's because your, your, your brain just dumps out all of that messaging, you know, in the, in the evening time. Absolutely. And, and biologically, that's why we actually sleep because that's the time the body rejuvenates, that's the time the body is rebuilding, healing, digesting, all those main processes happen when we are asleep. And what I'm hearing you say is just before you go, just before the kid or even yourself as parents actually, because we need yes. to talk ourselves actually. In fact, what I, what I always recommend, recommend all the time is that Let's learn this skill first before attempting to teach another, right? Because it's by modeling and being believable that we can convince another person, that we can guide, that we can influence. So 
it's obviously for teenagers it's, it's quite hard if we've got time i'm gonna i'm gonna mention what i do with my teenage girl she's uh she's obviously a teenager hardcore something all mind and you know a, a really just a normal teenager like any other obsessed with with the uh, with the phone you know there's pressure for her to perform at school there's competition with other young people there's comparing just a typical but I'll, I'll, I will mention a practice that I have found to be very powerful and very grounding a practice that even now when she is for she's actually coming to 15 end of December it's something she actually looks forward to <laughs> I'll mention it later then. Okay, well, I'm going to be interested to hear that. I'm going to be interested to hear that. Um, so, correct. A parent who, because you, you, the parents are the ones that will be listening to this, not the teens. Yes. So, these are exercises that a parent can learn to do to, 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 to bring themselves a level of managing everything also. But we would love to hear that. We would love to hear that because we like, what we like here is practical steps, you know? Right. Because we want to be able to, we are a very practicing group and mm-hmm. something that we encourage and even share, we, we, we talk with the audience and say, let's not just be hearers of the word. Mm-hmm. Let's be practicing people let's practice let's be practicing parents we hear something let's go and test it let's go and try it why because it's it's in trying it it's in doing it that Mm -hmm. we actually grow you you can have all the good information i mean the library think about the library the library is full of good information right Mm -hmm. But the library is just bad. It's just it doesn't grow. It just it just bad. But we 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 are people, and if we want to grow, if we want to develop, if we want to rise to higher levels, whatever that is, we need to not only hear the good things, but actually act on them. Practice. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. we love to hear how how parents can practice this. Uh, whether they are steps, strategies, snippets, yeah. Well, you know, you know, and we all know that when we feel that we're in control of our emotional self, we're much better at handling our screaming teenager. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we all have been the recipient of those hormones, that anger over uh, oh, I like your shirt. What do you mean you like my shirt? You know, we've all had those kind of just bizarre kind of responses. And you know, when you're when they come at you like that, you you you're saying to yourself, "Gosh, all I did was say good morning." So okay. Okay. it just doesn't make sense. But that's just where their brains, their emotions. That's where their brain is. And, and I'm just gonna drop in a research piece here. What you just said about them reacting. We find, we are finding that teenagers are not very good at reading emotions or understanding emotions. That's why they get angry at everything because when they look at you, they think you're angry with them. And what do they do? Defense. So if we understand this, if we know this 
seed is not against me. This seed is going through biological processes that make them behave like that. Then we can be more compassionate. Actually, when we let's not think that they are they are wanting they are out to get us. That's not. That's not what. Like you said, there's a lot of happening. There are some changes happening within them that make them react instead of respond rationally. Yeah. And even our tone of voice can set them up and we might have a little bit of an attitude in our voice. And and that can because they may not be able to read emotion, but they can certainly even young children are so good at reading your tone of voice. Yeah. Can detect annoyance, you know, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. What I've what I've learned from the teenagers that I work with yeah. is that they are so over loaded with managing so much drama Mm. with their friends and the boys and fitting in and all of that yeah that it's just in fact I can't tell you how many parents now this is hard to do but I cannot tell you how many parents have taken the phone away from their children for a week and they cannot believe the difference in their child because it's just removed so much, you know, stuff. And that kind of thing, you might want to call it, you know, a, vac- a phone vacation. I don't think that it should be presented as a punishment. Mm. It should just be presented as, you know, removal from a lot of messaging so that they can have their own thoughts. Yeah without having to have input, you know, from, from everything else. Absolutely. And, and maybe that's what you, like you call it, it's, it's a phone, phone vocation. Phone um, vacation. Okay. For example, in our home, we have, um, we have uh, an understanding, a sort of um, something we've agreed, especially with the young person, because she's the one that's a bit more out of control, is after, after eight o'clock, half eight, it's calm down time. Let's do something that has nothing to do with any of us looking at the small screen. Good, yes. And you know there is a difference. There is such a difference because now she, all the, everything that was running through, and then it's just before she goes to sleep, right? And I don't know if you're, what I'll do, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll allow you to to tell us what the the rest of the sorry <laughs> sorry I'll allow you to finish giving us those snippets and then I will then talk about the the bedtime routine actually because it's something I've never actually talked to I have spoken to some of my friends about it but I've never spoken to my audience about it and I'm always for if something is working share it share it and I'm not saying you must do it. But share it. And then if someone tries it and it works, what have you done? You have improved the life of another person. And that's what we are here for, to serve each other. We are a village, you know. We want to share what's working. Let's talk about what's working. That's what village, That's what this village is. In fact, just this morning, I sent a, a, a quote out uh, to my network. 
And you know, people ask me, why do you keep insisting that we need to share this information, share this? And this is what I say to them. We want to be the village our teens need instead of villains. Right? We need to be the village, not villains. So I'm not hiding any good information that I know. I'm not trying to tell you that you don't know. We are just sharing what we think works. Well, I'm going to look forward to hearing your your routine because <coughs> if you've already discovered that and however you need to call it, whatever you need to label it, that after eight o'clock at night, you know, we're going to just relax. I put everything kind of in terms of the brain. So I'm going to say, you know, our brains have been working and thinking and hearing mm -hmm. all day long. And now it's just time for it to, it doesn't want anything else. And if you can, if you can get that phone away because kids will sit there in bed, which just, you know, creates a distraction from falling asleep. So that, that would be number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, if you just, um, you know, if you just, keep the door open and make the child feel safe um, that they can share things with you, which is not a very natural course of things between parent and teenager to share. But, you know, if you could just get in the habit of saying, if there's, you know, if there's anything that I can be helpful with, or, you know, if, if there's anything that's bothering you and you wanna just get it off your chest, I'm happy to listen. Don't even give them advice unless they ask for it, but just start to open up those doors, you know, so that they can hear. Right. And, and you can make something up and say, this is how I remember, if you think that it's a peer pressure or something, just make something up about when you were young and how you handled it. And I don't know if that would work for you, but you know, it worked for me because of course at this age, they know everything and we know nothing. That's right. <laughs> so if you say this might work for you, you might want to try it. Um, but for example, if they have pressure with, let's just say academically, um, have them when they get into bed um, and they're really comfortable, have them just say, use your imagination and see yourself um, tomorrow in the class and you've got a big smile on your face because you've just finished that and your mind was so porous. It, it remembered everything and those words just flowed out of your, your, your mind and you sailed through that test and it feels good because it's over with. So you can really kind of create mental scenarios after the fact when they, you know, when they had success. Wow. Um, and, and for a parent who finds that their nerves are, you know, they're stretched and they're very impatient and they're mm -hmm. yelling more than they, they know they should. When they, when the parents get into bed at night, just imagine a place that feels really peaceful to you. And it might be your bed, it might be a, a room with a candle or the beach or the ocean. Mm. Really try to kind of capture that place and learn how to slow your breathing down. Mm. And every time you exhale, you're just exhaling out all of that tension from your, your loving, hormonal, screaming teenager because they just need someone to get it out with 
That's because right. it's unacceptable at, at school, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we, we get to get that. Yeah, we and get that we get the state, you know, we get <laughs> we get, we get it. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but your your job as a parent is to learn how to not let that rattle you and understand it's just a stage they're going through and to keep yourself calm. And right. so you can learn how to do that even if your child is going at you and you feel you're about to just blow your top, just, you know, say, excuse me, I don't want to get angry and I'm going to walk out. Respectfully, you know, just excuse me. I don't want to get angry at you. I can tell that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're angry and I'm going to let you just have some time alone. I'm going to walk out. That's right. And then just keep yourself, um, you know, balanced and just, you know, I understand and that that's, that's really tough and you're smart. You can figure these things out. You have good judgment, you know, all of those kind of things to give them confidence, you know, that, that they can come to it. That is so beautiful when you said, and those are what we call, you would probably call auto-suggestion. You know, when you, when you sowing those seeds, for example, you say to them, like, if you've got any problems. Now, most teenagers will not want to admit they've got any problems, but like you said, what I would normally suggest to parents is say, is say, for example, oh, I know you're capable of dealing with what um, what is troubling you. I know you're totally capable. But if you need help, as all of us do at one point or another, let me know. So what have you done in that sentence? You've empowered them and you've made them believe, hmm, actually I can do this. Another thing you've done is that you've made them believe that you believe in them, right? And then you've also opened that gap for them to come for help so that they know they're not, they're coming to you, not because they are helpless, because you've already told them that you believe that they can do it, but they're coming to you for help because we all need help it's a normal thing for loads of people to need help at one point or another that way you have not dehumanized them you have not you have not diminished their their ability you have not diminished the person they are but instead in that sentence you've empowered them you've told them they're capable but you've also showed them that we all need help. It's a very powerful, it's a very powerful phenomenon actually, but we need to learn these skills because it's not anything that our parents taught us. We were, we were just not to be seen, not to be heard at all, you know? There was no empowering, there was, it's like you said earlier, give them compliments. There was none of that. It was constant being pulled off. Mm-hmm. But every teenager has something that you can compliment. And that is the thing we have to look for every day. And what I say, usually say, in my audience, my parents and my lovely ones know that I say that let's use the 2080 rule. And what's the 2080 rule? Before you ask them to do something, which is the 20, compliment them for eight for four things or, yes. yeah you see before that way you first compliment them so they're in a state of reception that is such a basic 
principle of communication, no matter who it is. Yes. If it's your spouse, if it's your employee. Yes. The art of communication before you really lay out what it is that you want to have happen is so powerful because it opens your mind to listen. Absolutely. I am so, so glad that you came in. And I think we're gonna we're gonna have you back. You know why? Because I don't think we have covered everything that we No. No, I, I can I just say one closing thing? Yes. I know, I know we're a little bit over, but I want to give your listeners one exercise that they can do with themselves and their teenagers. Yes. Let, let your teenagers become aware and yourself also that they have this power, this imagination that they can use to practice. They, they can tap to help them through a lot of different things. And if you find that your teen is tense, ask them to close their eyes and imagine a swimming pool, the ocean, somewhere. Ask them what's the most comfortable place that you can imagine. And they will close their eyes and they will easily be able to do that. And then tell them to take a couple slow, deep breaths in through their nose and out their mouth. And that exercise right there, they can really develop and learn to break the ropes of tension wow. um, that are such a, a part of, you know, teenagehood. We, we really want to have you back because I think that power of suggestion, that self-hypnosis, and by us learning it, then we can teach our young people. So because we want to empower them to self-manage and, and self-regulate. And I believe something like hypnosis can really, really help. Before before we finish, because I promised I was going to talk about what you said, I'm actually just adding on what you said because it's all coming to me about all the things that you said. Is for example, my daughter, I said she's a typical teenager. She won't speak to me maybe all day or most of the day. Uh -huh. she will be, you know, she'll give me attitude, and I don't take it personally. The only thing I mention is, whatever you do, don't be rude to me. Don't talk, call me names or anything. That one, I will, I will not let it go. I will mention it, but I'm not going to stand there and have a tug of war with her. I'll just right. say, I'll just yeah. say to her, it's not very nice when someone talks to you like like you're rubbish. You won't appreciate if I did that to you, and then I walk away. Because Good. No, it's good for her to hear that. Absolutely. And then what I do, interestingly, because research is showing us constantly that our teenagers need connection, that love. You know the things we used to tell them when they were little? I love you. You are oh, They need that in teenage years more than ever because research is showing us that 40% of our kids are lonely. What does that mean? They have no one affirming them. So there is that need, there's that need of connection. So let's go back to this teenager who's been so not very nice to me all day, but I know the importance of the last thoughts before she sleeps. So this is what I do. I mean, at, at half eight, she's put away the phone and everything. At first she was resisting because she was complaining that everyone's doing it. and But then I explained to her of, of how her brain works and why it's not the best thing to do. Anyway, she's come to terms with that. But it was without a struggle. But then what I do before she goes to sleep, I go to her room 
And then I what I do, I start to I I, I said to her, Do you want a head massage? Right? I, I said to her, Do you want a head? Now she knows it's a head massage. So what I do, I start massaging her head. And then there is I am I, I don't know if you're aware of the of some meridians, some tapping points on the face and on the on the head that actually calms the <clears throat> the brain the amygdala mm-hmm. guys these are just words J- just know what to do you don't have to like electricity we don't know the inside of it and we don't need to but we can switch on the light and, and bring it on so what i do is i just rub those those meridians you just i just rub them normally they are here under the eye and on the side of the and then over here and then over here and a bit on the shoulder just massage the kids and as you do that whether they like it or not they start to calm down and then as they calm down that's when I'm saying to her words of affirmation or asking her about how it went or, you know that's when you hear things that they wouldn't have told you any other time she tells you know. me So I really value that 10 minutes before she sleeps. So she will tell me and when she doesn't have anything to tell me, I will remind her of how precious she is, how capable she is, how you know, and sometimes she just say yeah, it's just me. <laughs> But I know that it's going in. It's going in. And it's the last thing that's happening before she sleeps. What happens when they sleep? the last words some of the last thoughts are what marinate that was that is what drops into the subconscious and that's where confidence and self esteem of our kids comes from it is work it is some sort of work and this is something i would encourage you to practice of course you've got to gain the trust with with, with your kid first because you can't especially teenagers I have to ask her do you want a head massage before when I started it when I learned about this I said I just said to her oh can I just have a she has sometimes braids and all that can I have a look at what you know just hair and all that and obviously as I started to do it she said oh mommy that's really nice so yes yeah. so, so we got even boys I, you can look you can pick something on them that is going to like Lori said let give them an opportunity to open that door just a little just a little you know because at that point just before they go to sleep they're very very receptive and mm-hmm. those are some of the thoughts and those are some of the beliefs that are going to guide them when you see confident self esteem kids with self esteem they they don't just get it in one day they they don't it's it's a result of being affirmed in a, in one way and another and another in different way so that's a practice actually maybe i should i should create it and just d- d- do it and then send I'll, i'll i'll share it down here with our video the, the whole process and that's to you lori because you're the one that made me remember it and and want to share it so before we finish right again i'm going to ask you 
I know you told us loads of things, but I want you to tell our audience three things, three practices, three snippets or strategies or steps that they can do this week, this week, to improve their relationship with their young person or even improve their own self. Because it's important, like you said, Ali, it's important to to look to to look after yourself because you're the one looking after the young, the young person. So what three things would you recommend that we do as soon as this week and we are likely to see change? Yes. Practice slow breathing mm-hmm. a couple of times a day. In through your nose and out your mouth. And you can practice that when you're calm, when nothing's going on. It's mm-hmm. just practice so that it becomes automatic. Yeah. And it becomes automatic so that when you're in that moment, you immediately and get a hold of yourself so that you're not responding in a way that doesn't serve anybody's purpose Mm -hmm. that's number one is slow breathing number two tap your imagination when you're in bed Mm -hmm. and imagine a place that is just wonderfully comfortable peaceful serene it might be a place from your childhood Mm. it could be uh, a park that's near you um and some people are visual. Some people can see those images and other people, like I do not see visually when I close my eyes. So if you see it, you see it. And if you don't, you just think about it and it's all the same. So yeah. come up with a place that you can kind of mentally go to um, and, and practice that and just allow your physical body to just start to release any kind of tension like that. Yeah. And the third thing, is just like you said, Angela, give your child one positive statement uh, and really watch their face when you do it. Just a positive statement and really watch them because many times they don't hear it. Mm. They they haven't heard it. Uh, You know, um, you handle things well, um, uh, I'm so glad you're my my child. I'm so glad that we're figuring things out together. I'm so glad that you trust me. All of those things that they're not going to verbalize, if you just kind of every day make it a point to say one or two things and watch their face, yeah. um, it can help really kind of develop those positive habits of, of you know affirmation and everything like that, that children, like you said, need. Absolutely. So I heard from you, beautiful, beautiful snippet. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed you so much, Angela. You're, you're just a, a, you know, you're a a beautiful, intuitive, uh, and you figured out so many things. I love what you do to your daughter with your daughter at night. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. So everyone, you've heard that. Slow breathing, slow breathing, right, is the first one. The next one, before you sleep, imagine something nice, a beautiful thing, a beautiful place. See it in your mind and if you can't, 
feel it feel it and then the third thing is say something positive affirm your young person affirm your teenager just keep doing it i am so so pleased and i am so so thankful lori and i think we're going to have you back again because there is so much that actually we haven't covered i'm thinking i want to hear more about the subconscious mind i know i i know what i know but yes. i like it when when different people share it from different perspectives because, yes. because then our parents have many different ways of relating with it and and again like i keep saying i love to share and I, because i want us to be able to know and practice these these tactics the steps whatever name we want to call it and i also want us to learn so much so that we can train our young people to follow suit so i think we're going to be having you soon sometime I'd love to come back yeah you such an amazing guest for us and i think um, all of the, oh you guys you love lori don't you <laughs> i'm so so excited and as always very very appreciative of your expertise and the the stories you've shared with us and here at raising remarkable teenagers our aim our top aim is to help parents raise highly effective teenagers and with that we finish this episode and we are so so grateful and thank you guys for watching and i encourage you to share share this video this podcast this information so that we really can be the village that our teenagers need thank you so much for everything thank you <laughs> thank you so much lori thank you okay bye bye now bye bye bye